Welcome to Carnegie Founded Products, a new series from The Breakdown, done in collaboration with CMU Tech and Entrepreneurship. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Manan Modi, a product manager and author with educational roots at both Carnegie Mellon and Cornell University. Join us as Manan shares his insights on transitioning into startups, the future of product management post-pandemic, and his personal journey in writing his novel, The Startup Product Manager. This episode is a longer conversation, so let's dive right in. How are you doing, Manan? Doing awesome. Fantastic. Glad to be glad to be on the podcast. Great to have you as well. All right. Can you tell us about your journey from CMU to Cornell and how your experiences at both of these uh, universities shaped your interest in CM and startups? Definitely. Yeah. So a little, little bit about me. My freshman year I spent at CMU. So CMU was a you know great university. I wish I could have spent more time there. Um, honestly, met a lot of like great people that I still like keep in touch with today. At CMU, so my my freshman year, I had a chance to explore like a lot of things, right? So I was involved in a few like business clubs on campus. You know, I, I had an interest in I think mainly like consulting and like big tech at the time, and I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. I, I also had an interest in finance too, and so I was exploring a lot of different areas and and kind of fields at at the time. I think what ended up happening was that. So I actually had a, like a transfer option to go to Cornell. So my senior year of high school, I had a transfer option that would let me have the choice to transfer to Cornell if I wanted to after my freshman year. So I would say that during my freshman year, I had those like kind of like different interests in mind. Um, I wasn't sure entirely what I wanted to do. And so I, know, I knew broadly like I wanted to go into one of those fields. And so... I thought that, you know, going to Cornell would give me that optionality of being able to explore a lot of different areas and things. And that's what it ended up doing. So going to Cornell let me like see different kind of areas and, and you know, fields that I was potentially interested in. But I think the one thing that ended up happening was that after my freshman year at CMU, during the summer, I ended up interning at the Federal Reserve. And there I was, you know, Previous summers, I was interning in, in government, so I was interested in public policy and kind of seeing like how you can work in public policy as a way to like change the world. So that that's kind of the mission that I had, I had in mind. I was like, I wanted to work in government, work in public policy, you know, kind of have like a career there and, and see like what I could do and, and, you know, see how I could you know help people and try and change the world. And then at that internship at the Federal Reserve, I had a chance to work under a product manager. So I got a chance to work under her and see like how they were creating the first iOS app at the time for the Federal Reserve. So it was an app called Money Adventure. And the app itself helped a lot of like, you know, kids and and people who were interested in learning about US currency. So you would use like different features on the app. Like it was an AR VR type app that would let you scan like a dollar bill, like learn about its security features and different aspects of it. And there would be like a fun dog that would like, kind of like that, like guide you along the way. So that was a really interesting app that like kind of like gave me an exposure to like product management. So I'd work with designers and engineers and I'd go to meetings with them in person and, you know, kind of just observe and see what was going on. And I, that was my first time seeing a roadmap, right? And I thought it was a really interesting and exciting experience overall, just kind of like getting my first exposure to product management. So I think back then I, I, I didn't really know what product management was at the time. And I kind of like got into it by luck. And it was something that was really like exciting to me because it was like, I was building something from the ground up finding a way to like create change to help people. Like for instance, in this case, like help them learn about US currency. And it was a very like organic way of like doing it. Like you create things with other people, spearhead teams and like find a way to like, you know, ship something and, and see what it does and how it helps people. 
And so that was a really interesting experience overall. And it, it was something that always like was in the back of my mind in terms of something that I was interested in. So product management as a whole is something that I was a, a bit more interested in after that experience. So going to Cornell, I ended up joining a few different organizations on campus. Again, like kind of exploring like my interests at the time, whether it was like finance consulting or, or like tech. And I think at that point, I was leaning a bit more towards like tech and startups, given my, my internship the previous summer. And so I joined a club on campus called Cornell App Development. And so that club on campus, they're, they're known for like shipping a few like products that like students use every day on campus. So they, they have an app called like Eatery, um, Ithaca Transit, a few other apps that like one could be used by students on campus to like go to dining halls and see the different um, menus and, and what they're offering on a daily basis. Uh, they could use it to track the transit system, specifically for buses in Ithaca on campus related to um, what they would use every day. And it was like very specific, potentially a bit more detailed than what like Google Maps was offering at the time. And it, it, they they basically just like at a higher level, um, the club like created a lot of different apps that students could use and, and were helpful to their, their experience at Cornell. So I, I was really, you know, interested in joining the club, got a chance to join, got lucky through their interview process and they accepted me on their on their marketing team and so I ended up after a year or a year and a half I became the product marketing lead for the organization and so a lot of these people in the club they were from different backgrounds right so they studied like design they might have been in computer science they might have been interested in product and so we had product managers uh, designers marketers back-end front developers and different engineers that were in the club, like iOS engineers and then Android engineers. So I got a, I got a chance to get the full scope of like how like features are kind of like created and then how they're shipped and then how they're marketed. So I think working on more of like the marketing side and like the go-to-market side of like how these apps were presented to students and like alumni and, and whoever else was interested in them, I think that gave me a, a unique lens in terms of like how things are built. And then this, this club also ties into like my interest in product and design too. And so... I got a chance to uh, take a course in product design that was taught by the, by the club called Digital Product Design. And so through that club, I got a chance to create a design case study, redesign a mobile app of my choice, and basically got to learn the entire design process. And that, that kind of set off some other stuff too. So, so I ended up taking like a human-computer interaction course at, generally at, at Cornell, and then like ended up TAing that course. And then this led to my interest in like design too. And so I had an interest in like marketing design and like just product generally. And so I was thinking of like one way to like kind of combine all these different areas. And I thought product management was like a perfect way to kind of do that. And so I was really grateful to like the people that I met at the club and a lot of the alumni who were very helpful. So I had a, you know, I, I would talk to people at the club, like, you know, who were interested in startups and product management. And then I would talk to some alumni um, who, were, who were already like working in product management. And so I got to learn about their experiences and, and working at startups and working at big tech and kind of just like get a gist of like what it was like. So that ultimately led me to working in product management full-time and, and joining a startup. So I think a lot of these experiences that I mentioned before were all like very pivotal in, in kind of my decision. And, you know, meeting people at, you know, Carnegie Mellon and both Cornell, like they all like played a major role in, in making, making that decision. Yeah, thank you for sharing your journey. It sounds like you went through quite a lot to get to PM, and I feel like that's the same for a lot in the product management space. We're kind of like the the jack of all trades, master of maybe not none, but maybe a variety of roles for people in university who might still not know whether they want to transfer after the first year or if they're considering between three or four or five even different fields or industries. 
Uh, what would you say to that person? Definitely, yeah. I, I think if you're one, if you're considering transferring or considering other options, um, I think there's never um, a right or wrong choice. Um, the reason I say that is because, like, let's say you're at, you know, CME right now. I'd encourage you um, possibly not to leave um, unless you're, you know, you feel like another university really gives you that much of like a, a more broad experience. I think when I was kind of like unique in that aspect that I was like very similar to CMU, I'd say like regardless of whether I went to like Cornell or CMU, like both universities were great and would have given me like phenomenal experiences like all like four, four years of college. So I'd say like if you're listening, you know, if you're already at like a university that you enjoy and like you know, you're, you're learning a lot and meeting a lot of great people. Definitely, you know, consider like staying, but I'd also say like, you know, keep your options open, right? Because if you do go to another university, you basically like double kind of like your network and your exposure to people. And so once you like meet a lot more people and meet or see a lot of different like perspectives that are out there in the world, you get to explore like, you know, what you might be interested in and what you might be interested in experimenting with. So I think that's what ended up happening for me. So I got to meet a lot of different people with different perspectives and, and got to see like, you know, a lot of like, you know, like alumni network and, and just seeing like what they were doing in the, in the world and, you know, how they were making a difference in entrepreneurship and startups. And so there were a lot of like alumni who raised like, you know, venture backed startups and, you know, they, they were, they might've been investing in startups like at an early stage too. So I, I really got to see the full spectrum of like people who were like involved in startups. And then like the other side of this, tying into like your other question, I think that going into college, I think you should be really open in terms of like exploring what you want to do. I think, you know, there, there's like a few routes you can take. You can, you can take one route where like you're confident you want to do one thing and you want to go into that. So let's say you're going down the consulting or finance route. Like, you know what you have to do. You have to like study for your internships and prepare for the interviews and like kind of just like land that internship that might give you that full-time role, right? Alternatively, you can explore a lot of things. You might not know where you're exactly heading, but I think I think that gives you an option to like learn a lot of different skills. And so in my case, I got a chance to, you know, work in consulting for one summer, work in kind of like similar to big tech, like work at Adobe for one summer, work in, work in the government for a couple of summers, and then also explore like working at a startup full-time. And so I think like while you're in college, like really explore and, and try different things either during the school year or even like during the summer, I don't think there's like a right or wrong answer. So if you keep that open mind and experiment, whether it's through side projects or through like full-time roles or courses or other programs, I think just keeping that one thing that's important is like having like a somewhat of a clear North Star, like where you want to go or like focus, but like experimenting within, it, it could be like, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. One question that students have, and I think a lot of new grads also have is, is it better to pursue uh, PM roles over and over again, or intern in a PM role, let's say your sophomore summer, and then intern in a PM role your junior summer, and then graduate into a full-time PM role? Or is it maybe better to do something like what you did, which is have a different variety of industries and opportunities that you pursue? Is there one that you think might be better uh, in terms of helping a product manager design great products and find product market fit? Or do you think it's different for each person on a case-by-case basis? Yeah, definitely. I, I think tying it into like what you said, it, it is different for each person on like a case by case basis. What I would say from my perspective is that if you do have a chance and like if you are interested in product management, it's not a it's not a bad idea at all. to like go for like a PM internship every summer. The reason I say that is because like you build up that knowledge of product management across different companies over time. And 
I think that a lot of a lot of people end up like you the usual route is like you do like maybe a software engineering internship here like freshman summer or like sophomore summer and, and junior summer maybe and then like maybe around junior summer you explore product management and then like senior senior year you decide you want to do product management full time or you might do like design like freshman sophomore or you might do something else right and the th the thing that I'm getting to too is like every summer you'll learn something new in product management if you do it every summer leading up to your graduation. So I would encourage that route as well. The other thing is that I, I think like it could be beneficial to explore other stuff before you become a product manager full time. The downside of this is that maybe it might be a bit more difficult to get into product management full time if you don't have that internship experience. But I think the way that I, I kind of like outlined it in my book is that kind of regardless of your background, if you're in a product adjacent role, let's say you're in um, engineering, design, sales, marketing, customer success, like any of those roles, like in internship form, I think it's like somewhat easy to pivot into product full time. And I talk more about that, like kind of in the book, but higher level, it's like important to like pitch yourself and like show how your experience is irrelevant to product management. I think that's very important. So kind of tying back to like my original point, I think it's important to explore different kind of fields and areas before doing product management full time, just because like you'll be working with a lot, a lot of these different teams, like as a product manager full time. So whether you're at a startup or big tech, you'll be working with, you know, sales teams, marketing teams, either on a daily, weekly basis, engineers and designers, probably daily, weekly basis. And you're, you're constantly going to be like, like learning, like how to work with them. And so the reason I say this is that it's important to be able to empathize with, with your team members and learn how they work. And I think naturally, like having like a skill set where you know, like how to build is very important as a product manager. So like knowing like, like how something gets shipped. So let's say like during one like internship, like front end engineering internship, let's say you learn like how to build a website, right? I think a lot of like, you know, like knowing like the impact and feasibility of like different features, like learning like how to ship single things at a time, how you prioritize like different initiatives that are being pushed out. I think that's very important from an engineering standpoint and could translate to like your product sales side. And so once you understand how like engineering works and once you understand how like how much time it takes to build something that gives you more empathy in, in terms of like how you understand like how to prioritize stuff as a product manager. So on, on the design side, like you understand like maybe what's more important, like the UX or like the UI at a certain standpoint, like you understand like what features might take longer or, you know, shorter times to build. I think like just in general, like having that building skill set is very valuable. And then on the other side, I think product managers need to know like how to build and how to sell, right? So I think working in sales or working in marketing gives you that perspective of like, once you build something, like how do you sell it? Or even before you built it, like how do you build the story and narrative around how to sell something so that you can pitch it in a more effective and like engaging way that helps you grow your user base or customer base over time. And so the reason I recommend like kind of exploring these things is that it gives you that broad skill set and you know, I, I think in the long run, it's it's kind of like a, it's a great investment to have if you want to be the most like versatile product manager. Yeah, I can definitely see how having all this experience in doing these tasks helps guide projects where you know exactly how long the scope is or how large the scope is or how long a project will take. And so that probably helps a lot when planning for sprints or when designing tests and making sure that things are validated correctly. I think one question people have is, especially people who are trying to break into PM from a non-technical background, they raise up concerns where they say, you know, hey, maybe I've coded a little bit in the past, or maybe I've never coded at all. Can I still manage software engineers? Can I still be a product? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think even if you're from a non-technical background, similar to me, like I, I come from a non-technical background. I, I think in high school, like I explored programming for a bit, and then in college, I explored like like basic like front end, like HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. So I think I think getting getting an exposure to it is is important. You don't need to know the technical and nitty gritty unless you're working on a very very technical product. And my guess is like if you don't lean towards like the technical side already. You may not necessarily want to work on a technical product. That may or may not be the case, but I think most times you might not necessarily want to lean towards working for a technical product. And so what's a technical product? Let's say you're building like AI infrastructure, right? Like <laughs> building the models themselves. Like you might not necessarily be interested in that. You might be interested on the applications on top of the models that are being built. So like the front-end applications. So you might be interested in that aspect. So you might not need a technical background for that, but you need to be able to understand like some technical aspects that give you some level of working knowledge. So that's just one example. I think that in general, like having a, you know, some exposure to like being able to build something, even if it's like a simple like website and like user interface, being able to use like HTML, CSS and JavaScript, as I mentioned, to like build something out that like understand like how it's built, it gives you an understanding of, of similar to what I mentioned before, like how to prioritize, how to like build stuff and like kind of ship stuff, how to balance your time and think about like what engineers should be working on or, you know, how to get their input on like what's most important for the customer and like understanding like how to balance the different initiatives. So I think it's important to explore and I, I, I wouldn't like, you know, say it's like there, there's like a right time to explore it either. It's something that you could do like before you maybe become a product manager, or like as a side project or even through a course, even full time, you can explore like learning, like how to design and how to code. The reason I said, you know, that you could do that anytime is that like these skills will only like compound over time. And so the more you learn about them, if you don't have any experience in them, the better of a product manager you'll become. And then once you have a comfortable understanding and working knowledge of, for instance, how the design process works, how engineers like build stuff, I think you're, you, you get to a point where you realize like, okay, like I have a working knowledge, I feel comfortable. Now I just want to focus like solely like on product and like kind of like the, you know, the, the decisions that you would make as a product manager. And then once you get, a, get, get to that point where you understand like how, how to do execution, then like you can focus more on like the strategic side of product management. And I don't think there's like one right or wrong way, but I think just like getting great at execution will only help you become a better strategic thinker over time. And so either way you go, I think it's important to think about like, how do you become the best product execution first? And then over time, think about like how you can shape the vision and become more strategic as a product manager. That makes a lot of sense. One big decision that product managers need to make is just considering what specific aspect of the product do I want to specialize in? Should I go into marketing product management? Should I focus on technical or non-technical? That specialization is what feeds into becoming a better PM and having industry knowledge. I think one question that a lot of PMs have is, you know, now that I have all this knowledge and I have this experience, I kind of want to break into startups. I think the overlap between the startup ecosystem and the product management ecosystem is very, very high. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts about PMs breaking into startups from a larger tech company or from banking or a different industry. Yeah, definitely. So I think if you're a PM at a larger tech company, or even if you're at a, at a bank or like a similar size company where you've done product management at a larger scale, where your features might impact like hundreds of thousands of users or millions of users or billions potentially, right? I think it gives you a really great skill set in terms of like, how to think intentionally about the product decisions that you make. So you're very focused in terms of like 
maybe the feature set that you work on, how resources are allocated towards your team. You get to coordinate efforts across a lot of different cross-functional teams. Like I, I think like working in big tech, you really get to understand like how how to get stakeholder alignment on, on certain things. Like you, you get to work with, you know, your marketing team, sales teams, like engineering design teams and legal teams to like kind of like perfect the solution that you're that you're making. And I think a lot of those skills and frameworks that you learn can be tremendously valuable. So I think if you're already a PM at a, at a different company, it's it's very easy to be able, be able to transition to a startup. A lot easier than like, let's say, you know, you, you, you might, might not have a team experience full time. Like I, I think like, Given that you worked at a bigger company, people will have the expe- expectation that you can kind of like lead things from the ground up, like at a startup. So if you're a PM at a, at a larger tech company, I think like you'll probably have like, you know, either like recruiters or headhunters reaching out for like startup roles. I think if you want to go to like a series A, series B, or even like pre-seed seed startup, I think it would be like a phenomenal, like kind of like learning experience if you're considering that too. So in terms of like how you go about doing it, so like what is the what are the tactical kind of steps that you take? So I think it's it's a matter of like you know first like identifying like what are you like interested in. So let's say you worked on like B two B or like consumer products. What within like have you worked on? Like have you worked in fintech? Have you worked in you know like have you worked in social? Have you worked in creator economy stuff? Like what, whatever you exactly worked in, and figure out like how your experiences have been like very specific into in like one area or like two areas or three areas like figure out like what your story is which you probably have been like kind of thinking of over time like what what is like your expertise and like what have you like honed in on over the past few years and then use that to be able to pitch your experiences for like a startup or like a you know opportunity that you might be interested in so i think i I go a bit more specific into this in the book itself but let's say you find a founder who's like they're working on like payments infrastructure for companies in South America. And let's say at like Facebook or Meta, you work on experiences for SMBs in like South America and like North America. And you have that kind of like global perspective on how things work. So I think it's very natural in terms of like how your experiences can like, you know, like match kind of what you're looking for at a startup. The way to know if uh, startups are hiring. So a lot of them that are at series A, series B, even pre-seed seed, they may not say it directly in terms of like whether they're hiring or not. But if you're a PM at a big tech company, if you want to do like cold outreach and, and reach out to different founders of startups that you might be interested in, that's one way to go about it. So like you'd find out like whether a startup's like hiring or not by looking at kind of like what responsibilities the founders are taking on. So if they don't have a VP of product and they don't have a head of product, you could potentially become the head of product of a startup if that's something that you're interested in. Even if they do have like one kind of like product person that's like leading the, the company at this time. And you could potentially like be their first hire. So I think there's a lot of different opportunities that you can take when looking for startup roles. And I, I think it's like a kind of like a seamless transition, like from going from big tech to like a startup in the sense that like getting the role itself, like won't be too challenging. But what I would say is that like the, the rate of like work might be slightly, slightly different. So I know there's teams that like meta Microsoft, a lot of like big tech companies like Amazon, they they work like very quickly and like long hours and like kind of like rapidly like ship and kind of think of like the full like experience and like story and vision that they're kind of selling, right? But I think in a startup, there might not be like formal like kind of like processes around like kind of shipping and like you're you're constantly like kind of shipping things. But I think the thing that's kind of like important to keep in mind is like finding a way to like create features that are impactful. So whether you're kind of like North Star is like revenue or like engagement or some, something around that. Like just, just everything that you'll work on in a startup will need to like 
kind of like push the startup forward in like either a small or like big way. It's so like everything that you work on will have to be impactful for like your initial set of users and beyond. So at a startup, you might not have like hundreds of thousands or millions of users that you'll be able to launch you, launch you from the beginning. So often you'll be building from like zero to one and from like one to like a hundred to a thousand billion, millions, billions one. And so I think getting comfortable with that, like everything that you do will likely be from the ground up. I think that's something that a lot of PMs will have to do if they haven't done it before. I think a lot of experiences that you do have in big tech are translatable, but I would say it's not like a clear cut in terms of like all of your experiences applicable. Like if you worked at PM in different companies, like, you know, it's like very, very different from company to company. And likewise, it's different from like stage to stage. And so I, I keep that in mind. Be very open in terms of like how you want to do things at the company, but definitely tie back to your experiences in terms of when you do become a product manager or startup. Like use those, use those experiences to your advantage. But remember, it's not a clear-cut way of doing things, and you can always adapt, and your team can always adapt, and your company can always adapt to what you've learned before. That makes a lot of sense. On the topic of adaptation, I was wondering, do you have any thoughts on how product management and startups will look post-pandemic and, I guess, generative AI? That's kind of the big hype cycle right now. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, product management in in a post-pandemic world. So I've been working, like, kind of, like, mainly full-time in, in like a post-pandemic world. So I think I can speak to kind of how it's been shaped so far. So in terms of startups and product management post-pandemic, I'd say a lot of startups are still remote. So I think that like product management in a remote sense, like you can still do it at a high level. I think the one thing that might be slightly different is that like you might not be able to get like very, very like, you know, like there's certain things you could do in person that are like nuanced, like brainstorming sessions, right? Like where you could have the whole team together. But you can do that very, very well, like in Miro and like FigJam and Figma, like any any platform that you use, you can do it like very well and very efficiently. I think the one thing that, you know, clearly might be missing is like having those like interpersonal interactions. I think like being able to develop like a team that's like, you can do that online. You can develop a very close-knit team online. But I'd say in person, like when you have like, when you're going in between meetings or like when you have like time off, like you're able to like, you know, create those interactions like like when you're going to like grab water or grab food or something, right? Like you, you can do that like kind of like in person. I think in a remote sense, like it's harder to like cre- create that like culture. But I think that's often set by like the founders and like CEOs. So like if you have a great founder and CEO who cares about the culture and like takes effort in crafting it, I think you can do like, you can have a great like remote culture. So I think it's it's very important in a remote sense. Like when you're looking for opportunities to look at, you know, kind of like how like the founders, how the CEO set the tone for the company. I think that's very, very valuable for like a remote company, even in person too. I think that's very valuable, but I think especially remote when you're kind of like working at a distance and like the pace is kind of set by like, like the the leadership, I'd say, like you, you kind of need to know like how, like how they operate and like what types of things they do to like build like a great culture. And the ways that you can, you can learn about that is like, kind of like, you know, like what do they, what are they most passionate about the company? Like, you know, like asking questions about what their, you know, initiatives are that are planned. Like there's a lot of different questions you could ask around, like how to learn about the culture of a company. So I'd say like, that's the main difference, but I think product management in a remote culture so far, I think it's let me like do a lot of like more heads down work in terms of like being able to think about like company strategy or even like if I want to do like head down execution work of like, you know, writing, you know, PRDs or like stories for engineers or designers. I, I think like it's helped me in that sense, like being able to do like heads down focus work. And like, it's helped me in my writing. 
like tremendously. So I talk about it in the books, but I, I think writing especially is going to be one of the most valuable skills um, moving forward for product managers. And the reason I say that is because like a lot of these startups and companies will have to adopt a writing culture if they're working remote and primarily virtually. Um, because I think like you, you, you can't have like media, you can do meetings all day, but you physically like the preference I think for most people is that like, you don't have like back-to-back meetings and meetings like constantly like throughout the entire day. Cause you want time to work and focus, but then you also want time to, to do like, you know, like just relax. And I think being able to write and create a writing culture is very, very critical and important for companies because like, it'll just allow you to like move quickly. Like if you, if you don't have meetings during a day, you can just like do work all, all day, like have time to like relax a bit and like kind of like have that balance. Right. So I think being able to write and like communicate in ways that might've not been as traditional before will be like one way that a lot of PMs will have to adapt. So I think, I think that's, those are just like a few aspects of it. But I think as we, you know, kind of continue to keep moving forward in, in the startup world, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to work in person still. So like, as you know, like, like I think YC, like some of their batch, like is, is like in person. A lot of people are doing in-person work. There's definitely like a lot of companies that are focused in person. I know in New York and SF, there's like companies that definitely do in-person work. But I think the other thing of this is that like, I, I think startups and like product management will be much more like global and like kind of like broad based, like kind of like opportunity as a whole. So what I mean by that is that I think a lot of startups might not necessarily be like headquartered in like SF or like New York or like the major cities that are there in the US or even like internationally. Like you'll see companies like rise from the ground up kind of in like different cities that <clears throat> might have not been like startup cities before. And so I think there's a lot of like opportunity in that in the sense that like there will be a lot of like smaller startup ecosystems that will like grow very, very quickly over time. So like, for instance, like Austin or like other cities, like you'll see startup ecosystems slowly, slowly grow over time in different cities. And so the reason I say this is like, it could be, it could be valuable to explore these ecosystems, see what opportunities that are there, but then also like your, your network is just going to expand over, over, over time. And, and I think like the amount of PM opportunities and diverse PM opportunities that you'll find will likely be more and more location agnostic. So I think just being open to like work, working with teams in different parts of the world, parts of the country is an important skill to have like moving forward too. That makes a lot of sense. Speaking of writing, I know you've written a book called The Startup Product Manager. Could you tell us a bit about it? Like what inspired you to write it? Who the audience is for? Yeah, definitely. So I think what inspired me to write the book itself was, I think a few things. I think one, I think working at a startup, my first role, frankly, I, th- I think it was very, very challenging because I think it was in an, I was in an industry that I didn't know that much about. So I, w- I had an interest in fintech, probably in fintech, and I, I wasn't sure like where in fintech I wanted to go. And so the first startup I chose was a company within what they call like the embedded finance space. And like basically like it helps SMBs and like small medium businesses start their own lending programs. And so what I got a chance to see was kind of like, you know, the end to end, like kind of like fintech ecosystem at the time. So I got to see a lot of those rising startups that were like creating APIs for like XYZ and underwriting in lending infrastructure and like a lot of different like like APIs that were out there and companies that are like very like popular within like fraud and cash flow analysis and like, you know, data analysis, and a lot of different things that are within like lending itself that are very important for like businesses today. And so I got to see a lot of different companies and see like kind of get a, a like a, a broad based view of like the ecosystem as a whole. And so tying into my point of like being startups being very challenging, I think I had, I, I didn't have much, much of an idea of like what was going on in the industry, but I think comfortably like after like the first role, I have a more like comfortable grasp of like what's kind of going on in, in like the lending infrastructure space, for instance, right? 
and like kind of have an idea of like what different like fintech APIs are there like that are beyond this. So I think it gave me an idea of like, you know, like how like kind of like industries work. The other side of this that was very challenging was that like, I think this was like the first time I worked at a startup full time. And getting that like kind of like steep learning curve of like, you know, like how do I learn like how to ship working alongside like engineers and designers who want to work at a very, very rapid pace. How do I balance like stakeholders that are like, you know, like how do I work with the CEO? How do I work with the CTO to like balance like different features on the roadmap? How do I balance priorities from like customers like, like Flexport or like other, other companies that are, other companies that are out there that are like growing very quickly and want their features to be built? Like how do I balance a lot of these like interactions? Like I think there were a lot of like different challenges from like a product management standpoint that I was able to like learn from. And so I think in, in that sense, like working like in an industry that I wasn't too comfortable with working in a role that was like completely new within like a very fast paced culture taught me a lot. And so the reason why I kind of wrote the book for that first reason is, is like, I think the general like learning curve that you see at startups is like very, very steep and you learn very, very quickly in a short period of time. And so I think the size of number two, where I think working in a startup, there's so many different reasons to join. And I personally, I think the level of risk that's associated with the right type of startup isn't necessarily that in the long run, in the sense that like for your career, there's a lot of opportunities that open up by working in a startup. And so let's say you go to like a series A startup, let's say there's like a 70, 80% chance of failure, right? For that startup, you still learn a lot in terms of like how to be a product manager at a startup and you learn like how to build a business and you learn how to work with engineers, designers, you learn like how to sell things, how to build things from the ground up how to scale revenue for a company to product market fit from product market fit to beyond. You learn a lot of things that are very, very valuable and can't necessarily be quantified from like a dollar standpoint for you. And you get kind of like paid to learn, right? And so I think, I think working at a startup in general, it's a great learning experience um, regardless of what, whatever you want to do in your career. And so even if there's risk associated with it, I think doing that early on and taking on that risk can be very valuable for your own, for your own uh, career development and growth over time. And so I highly recommend it to anyone, um, whether you've been a PM at a bigger company, whether you're just trying to break into product management for the first time, whether you're not sure if your background's a fit, I think working at a startup will exponentially, like kind of like expedite, like, you know, how fast you grow, whether you want to build a business one day, be a founder, CEO, whether you want to be an early stage investor, whether you want to rise up the ranks in product management. I think there's a lot of different opportunities that you can get from working at a startup. That kind of ties into number three. So I think there's a lot of you know, kind of like opportunities from working at a startup that will help you over the long run. So like one is like, you can like have a lot of different roles in the future. Like working as a product manager at a startup teaches you like how to be a better founder and CEO. It teaches you like potentially like how to be a better early stage investor. It teaches you like, you know, generally like how to like be a product manager and a very senior role from the get-go and like learn like how to like lead a company strategically. And then like, I think just being part of the startup ecosystem is just very important too. You know, you, you get to be part of like different you know, networks that you, you naturally join and indirectly join as, as part of being in a startup. So the people that worked next year in a startup, like whether they're PMs or designers or engineers, these people will sometimes go on to like work at other startups, right? They'll go on to like create their own companies. And so slowly over time, you get to meet people like in the startup ecosystem. And if you're looking at it from like a long-term view, five, 10, 15 years from now, you never know where these people are going to be, how they'll help you, how you'll help them. I think like just getting involved in the startup ecosystem like early on, these like relationships and these like kind of like opportunities will naturally like open up. Like for instance, like working in a startup has allowed me to like explore like 
joining like other startup ecosystems outside of like, you know, the, the, the ones that I've been exposed to, like at my company, right. In terms of like the people that I work with. And so I think it's opened a lot of doors for me personally, like even in the past, like couple of years. And I think over the, like, if, if you take like a long-term view of like decades and like years beyond your current role, there's just so many opportunities to like, you know, be a part of something bigger than, you know, yourself and, and, and the company that you're part of. And there's just so much, you know, room for you to like learn from other people that that's out there if you do join a startup. So those are kind of like the reasons why I wrote the book and, and why I think, you know, working in a startup would, would be beneficial for a lot of people. That makes a lot of sense. I think it's really the little things that aren't mentioned in a job description that really end up influencing our career path and journeys through life in general. I think writing is also something that helps me with introspection and with discovering how I view things in my life. How did the process of writing the book compare to your work in PM and startups? Is there anything that you maybe learned from the experience that you don't think you would have in if you just did product management? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think writing a book taught me that you can you can ship like anything you want to as long as you make like small steps over time. And what I mean by that is that like I I had like a kind of like a interest in writing a book maybe like two years ago, right? Like I didn't have like a very serious interest. I just started out by like writing notes of like things that I found interesting or things that I've learned over time and kind of just like started writing that in note form. And then slowly and after like writing those notes and I had like two like sticky notes using like note taking software, I wrote like things that I found interesting at startups, kind of just like documented my journey over time, like in, in note form. I think once I did that, then like I translated them into articles and started writing like articles based on like the different notes that I took. So like the stuff that I was like writing about was like startup product management as, as a whole, right? So I wrote different articles about like how to like become a product manager at a startup, why you should join a startup, kind of like what are the benefits of like, you know, like being a startup product manager, like what are the skills that you can learn? Like what are like tactical like learnings that are associated with it long-term, like how's it beneficial for you as a, as a PM and beyond, like kind of just writing a lot of different stuff that was out there. And at a certain point I was like, I could probably like turn this into a book once I had enough content. So I think like the journey of like writing a book taught me that like once if you have an idea, as long as you have a plan and and kind of like way to execute around it, you can probably like make it become a reality. So I think it gave me that confidence in the sense that like as long as you make those small steps over time to building something, you can likely build anything that you want. Of course, there's going to be like a lot of challenges along the way. I think I think the easy part of writing the book was like writing the book itself. So like like two, I think it took like two to three months of like writing the book. But the actual like hard part was like the part after that. So it was like the editing. It was like the like deciding a title. Like that took me like a couple of weeks. Even I think even like getting a design for the cover, like figuring that out. Like that cover took time. Like there's certain like little things along the process that were like very very challenging and like things that I didn't expect along the way. And even like marketing the book. Like thinking about that. Like there's just so many different things that you think about. Like building a website. Like you know building a waitlist. Like there's a lot of like nuanced things of like building a product that. I didn't think about early on, but I think I kind of just found as challenges along the way. And I think that's like the same with like being a product manager or a startup, right? Like there's like unforeseen challenges that you kind of see like day to day. And as long as you keep, just keep pushing through, you'll eventually like have something that people will hopefully like want to buy or like want to tell other people about. So I think, I think generally like the persistence and like being able to like just be patient over long periods of time is, is like what writing a book taught me. I think you can, you know, if you decide to do something somewhere, if you're interested in building something on the side, I think just being patient and, you know, slowly compounding over time is very important. So there's this one, one, I'm sure like people have heard of him. His name's like Chamath Balahapatiya. He's like 
talked about like the power of like silicon padding over time. I think that's like a very, very valuable thing. It's like the aspect of like being heads down for a long period of time. Even if you don't necessarily, necessarily see the outcomes and outputs of your results, I think that's very important in the sense that it teaches you to be like a long-term thinker. I think in product management or like, let's say you're on the other side, like you're investing in startups, like being able to be a long-term thinker and being patient when you don't necessarily see results from day one or day two or month one, month two, year one, year two, like, like being able to put your head down and like just wait and be patient, but making strategic decisions in that time period. Those are like very, very valuable skills. I'll take you like far, whether you want to build a business one day or like invest in search, do any, do any, anything else. So I think, yeah, just to summarize, like persistency, taking small steps and teaching you how to be a long-term thinker are all like things that have taught me and how it's made me a better game today. Wow. Yeah. That's a very inspiring thing to end on. I think before we go, we always love to learn what our guests are currently interested in outside of their work. Could you share three forms of media, books, podcasts, TV shows, maybe movies that you've recently consumed and you would recommend to the audience? Yeah, definitely. So I think in terms of podcasts, I watch a few. So one, one I watched the All In podcast, I think just nice. to get a, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just to get like a general sense of like what's going on in tech and startups and like get like that weekly like digest of like stuff. I think one podcast that's really interesting is My First Million. So that podcast teaches like, it gives you like stories and like kind of like tidbits about startups that were like non-traditional that were built. Let's say someone built like a car wash business that generates millions of revenue kind of a year. They, they have like random stories that are really inspiring and, and kind of interesting that you might have not thought of to begin with. And it kind of just opens your perspective to thinking about like, oh yeah, this is like, this is possible. Like you can do this like, and you can do stuff bootstrap. Like you can envision anything possible that you want. And as long as you like put the effort in, like you, you can make it, make it happen. So I think that, that podcast is very inspiring. I also like listen to a lot of like sports podcasts. So I don't know if you've like, if there's a lot of basketball listeners, but I listen to like JJ Reddick's podcast. I listen to a couple others too that are out there, but I, I like to like listen to like a lot of stories that athletes tell how they talk about their experiences. And I think that's like very like valuable and translatable to like, if you're working in a startup or like working in any role, like, a lot of the leadership stories and like personal learnings that they have can be very valuable. And it's honestly just like fun to listen to. And then in terms of movies, I'd say like the one movie I'm most excited about that's coming out soon is, is Oppenheimer. I think being someone who was interested in like US history and like also like, I think I've been, I think I really like enjoy like Christopher, Christopher Nolan movies and like movies that are just well-written. So I think like in general, I'm very excited for that. I think the most exciting movie I've seen recently was, was Air. The reason I, I found it really exciting was... The movie takes place in three or four like buildings and there's not too much action that goes on, but I think the writing and quality of acting that goes on in the movie, that's really what made it stand out. And I think it's like a very, very well-written movie. If anyone's like interested in Matt Damon movies or like Beth, like if you're interested in those, those actors and like, you know, how well they, they write and what they do, definitely recommend that. If you're, if you, if you also like sports, I'd recommend it. In terms of like TV shows right now, I'm watching Suits. So really interested in, in, in rewatching some of Suits, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I, just, I just appreciate like movies and podcasts and shows that are like very well written and, you know, really engaging. So those are some of the things that I'm kind of listening to and watching right now. Thanks for sharing. I'm sure the readers will love to hear those recommendations. Thanks for coming on today. And yeah, I wish you best of luck with your book. Sounds like it's going to be a really entertaining read. I can't wait. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Carnegie Founded Products. Our conversation with Manan Modi has shed light on the unexpected challenges of writing, being a product manager in a startup, and the power of patience and long-term thinking. 
If Manon's insights resonated with you, be sure to check out his book, linked in the podcast description. If you're a student or alumni of Carnegie Mellon University, check out CMU Tech and Entrepreneurship for the community that empowers builders, founders, and experts through our resources, opportunities, and events. Until next time, keep innovating.